King Show. He was like a god walking amongst mere mortals. Go get it, dog. I'm a man. He had a voice that could make a wolverine purr. I'd be sitting on a firecracker. And suits so fine, they made Sinatra look like a hobo. It's a fantastic day for the United States of America. It's the Bill King Show. Red 7. I don't know what Red 7 means. Brought to you by Omni Nashville Hotel. Fifth Avenue, downtown. Hot Rock. That's what we call a sack lunch. I do have are a very particular set of skills. Skills that make me a nightmare for people like you. Just to go back a little bit, and we really got into this, was it Monday or Tuesday morning? I think it was Monday. Nonetheless, yeah, it was Monday. Talking about expansion and where teams may end up and that type speculation, which is fun. I enjoy it. And we talked about how big and cumbersome it would be for Florida State and or Clemson to get out because not only would they owe an exit fee of $120 million, but they would also owe all the grant of rights money, which piles up through or until 2036, which is hundreds of millions of more dollars they would owe. So depending on your math, it could be $400 million, $500 million. Exit fee and grant of rights. So, the, so there's two different obstacles there. Both money. Huge, massive piles of money. Let me rephrase that. You want to change the terminology? It could be as much as, what would that be? I mean, a half billion dollars, Right? Now, again, maybe it's 350. I don't I mean if you took 35 or 40 times the 13 years left, that's 520 right there, right? That's not including the exit fee. So so whatever you're talking about, let's just approximate a half billion dollars. Now, if the league implodes and the contract dies and everything, then that's a plan and we've talked about it. But here's the thing, and catch will be with us, and we have many things to talk about, not just this at all, because Oklahoma and Texas coming early is not new news. But they got out of it with an exit fee of $50 million. And they also, though, wrote a check to Fox for what's left over on the grant of rights, which I believe is one year after they joined the SEC. It's nothing like the length of what Florida State, Clemson, and whoever else in that league who would like to escape, would have to pay. Nothing along the lines of what they're stuck with, that crappy, gross, 
contract that they have, which lasts a long time into the future. You realize how far down the road 2036 is? Do you realize what we could see in college football by the time we get to the end of that garbage ACC contract? We may have schools that will be 10 years, 8 years into having football-only teams. Not associated with the student body at all. A football-only portion of the university. Remember the uh, brilliant Jack Swarbrick, who's been under a lot of fire recently about the Andy Ludwig stuff. He predicted this. He said we could have that going by 2030, maybe a little bit before then. Places that have players there that are there for the game only, for the sport only, nothing else, not going to – History class, not going to Western civilization class, not going to English lit, not going to microbiology class. None of those. You imagine how far down the road that is? Wow. No care, Bill. Much like Tate Martell when he had that hot blonde, if this comma court kid is dating Paige Peronic, If he's the quarterback or not, he's a winner in life. I don't know if TMZ, I mean, (laughs) TMZ reported it. Does that make it right? I don't know. If you're Kyle McCord, it's good for the resume regardless, right? If there's nothing true about that at all, the publicity is good. Where is the negative at? There's not one. You think she gives him an ultimatum? You better win this spring. They better announce you over Devin Brown. That's all I got to tell you. Can't stay with the guy who's going to be the backup quarterback, even if it is a place like Ohio State. Can't do it. That's going to be a fun, regardless of that stuff, that's going to be a fun battle. And uh, I would think they're not going to give us much this spring. It'll be fall camp. And it may be late in fall camp. It may be one of those, hey, you know when you're going to find out who the quarterback is when we take the first snap in the first game. That's when you'll know. Sometimes that's the way they do things. I was thinking the same thing, though, about – now, this kid is is not Tate Martell. He's he's not a bust like that. I don't know what – if he's going to be the starter yet. But but I could tell Tate Martell was going to be a bust coming out of high school. That one, that's one of the biggest head scratcher recruiting services ranking miscalculation maybe ever. And look, there's going to be tons of those. There's always mistakes. That's not a critique. That one made no sense at all. Made absolutely no sense. Who's the guy? Uh Uh-oh. He was with uh, Rivals, I believe, 24-7, and now he works for Vanderbilt, played over here lo- locally, played in the Ivy League. Oh, what's his name? He's, he's good. No, he's a very good personnel guy. 
Um, I haven't asked him about it. I had him on the show. How in the hell do you have Tate Martell as a five-star? How? How is that possible? And no, 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 dude's good. I'm, I'm forgetting his name. Yeah, played played uh, down the road at Montgomery Bell Academy, played in the Ivy League, came back and uh, was in the recruiting business, service business, was really good. Very, very high reputation. Then got hired by Clark Lee. So he's been the personnel guy at Vanderbilt there. South Pacific Sooner from New Zealand, except he lives here. Says, with that girlfriend, he may become a subpar quarterback. Okay. (laughs) Jim says, yeah, Barton Simmons. I couldn't think of Barton. Yeah, Barton's good. Yeah, Barton is very good. He's at a place where you can't win, but he's good. If, if that Vanderbilt thing, when and if it blows up, and I, he loves Nashville. I don't know if he'd want to leave. But if you've got a position on your staff, you've got to look at him. He's really good. He is an excellent personnel guy. Smart dude. And, heck, he was a, he's a big boy. He's about 6'2", 6'3", safety, played safety, 200 pounds. Big boy. Played up there. Where did he play at? Brown? One of the Ivy League schools. I don't remember which one. but And uh, I'll tell you, people in the recruiting service industry, when he was in it those years, I never heard anything but dude is excellent. I had a guy tell me that they suggested to an NFL team, hire him for your personnel department. Now, again, I don't know if he'd want to do it. But he's that good. But I even asked him about Tate Martell. I couldn't believe it. That, that to me, I just, I don't know what they saw. Now, obviously, he played on a dominant IMG team with talent everywhere. But I, that, that guy, if that guy ended up starting at Ohio State, which that was never going to happen, but if he did, that would have been a horrible signal for the Buckeyes and and that immediate future. That would have been horrible. Yeah, thank you, Jim. I couldn't think. Barton Simmons, and he's from right here. I couldn't couldn't come up with it. Couldn't think of it. Yeah, he's good. He's good. Jeff Ketchum in just a couple of minutes will join us from Texas. So many items to get into. I can't wait to do it. We've got the Oklahoma, Texas story, not new. We've got the Chris Beard story, not new. We have expansion news, not new. We have recruiting news. How is Arch Manning doing? How is that going? They had a good recruiting class. Yep, Texas had a really good recruiting class. They're happy about that. Sarkin, you three, coming up. What is the plan there? One more year in the Big 12 for Texas and Oklahoma. One more, not two. Looked like it was going to be two more. Now it's just one. What's that going to be like? It won't be a serenade. I can tell you that. (laughs) No, it will not be. What will the last Oklahoma-Texas be as it pertains to them being in the Big 12? What will that be like? The Red River Shootout. 
Will there be a bunch of SEC, SEC at that game, even though they'll still technically be in the Big 12 for that year, the, the year coming up, 2023? What will that be like? All of those are very fascinating topics. The other thing about catch, catch is a talker, man, in a good way. Yeah, not, not in a bad way. You know, there are people who are talkers, and it's not good. Catch is good. Catch elaborates on things. He's excellent at that. He does such a good job. I first had him on back in the very early days of Rivals Radio, probably almost 20 years ago. Couldn't be quite 20 years ago because we wouldn't have been on the air yet until January of 04. But he is he's good. When we come back, if you have anything for catch, post it. Coming to it as we continue. Thursday edition, Omni Nashville Hotel. Tender Mac Bowls are back. We start with a three cheese blend to make our delicious Mac and top it with chopped hand-breaded tenders and Colby Jack cheese. Try the Tender Mac Bowl meal or the Buffalo Tender Mac Bowl meal, both served with Texas toast and a medium drink. But hurry, they're only around for a limited time. Download the Slim Chickens app to order and earn rewards. And now, Habit Inspected Property Solutions is reminding Americans to show support to the brave men and women who serve our U.S. military. This message is brought to you by veteran-owned and operated Habit Inspected Property Solutions. For residential home inspections, radon and air quality testing, or mold and thermal imaging, give the pros a call today at 615-527-8113. That's 615-527-8113. Habit Inspected Property Solutions. Proudly saluting our troops and veterans. They're professionals who care. When you're away from home and you want down-home cooking, Kitchen Notes at the Omni Nashville Hotel is the answer. Excellent, fresh, and local, just like Grandma used to make. Start your day with a Music City omelet and some prime rib hash. Or a cast iron waffle with Nashville hot chicken. For those wanting variety, hit the biggest breakfast buffet in Music City. And, of course, the world-famous Biscuit Bar. Start your day with the fresh, local, and down-home cooking of Kitchen Notes at the Omni Nashville Hotel, 5th Avenue, downtown. The 6th Annual Mid-State Classic is happening on March 15th at the Ridley Sports Complex in Columbia, Tennessee. And this year, it's a doubleheader. For nearly a decade, the City of Columbia Parks and Rec Department has showcased the most highly attended women's college softball matchups in the state. The 6th Annual Mid-State Classic kicks off their doubleheader at 1 p.m. with the Bucks from Motlow State taking on the Chargers of Columbia State. Then at 5.30, the Austin P. Lady Govs battle the Lady Vols of the University of Tennessee. Tickets 
to the 6th Annual Mid-State Classics are only 10 bucks and are on sale now. Motlow State versus Columbia State. Austin P versus Tennessee. Wednesday, March 15th, starting at 1.30 at the Ridley Sports Complex in Columbia, Tennessee. For tickets and information to the 6th Annual Mid-State Classic, log on to ColumbiaTN.com slash Mid-State Classic or call 931-388-8119. That's 931-388-8119. The 6th Annual Mid-State Classic. It's a Bill King show. Pac-12 football is a joke. It's a laughing stock. It has been left behind by Father Time a long time ago. It has not been prominent in a decade at least. And do you want to know why? God-forsaken leadership. That's why. Weekday mornings beginning at 6 on Sports Radio 560 on 95.9 FM. He knows more about the oblong spheroid than any man in America. It's Bill King. I don't know that I've ever started a conversation, interview, and asked first, what do you want to talk about? I don't think I've ever done that. Catch, where do you want to begin? It's so funny that you ask that because I was normally when you have me on, I know exactly what we're going to <laughs> and I was like, well, we could talk spring football. There's, you know, obviously Rodney Terry and basketball. And oh, by the way, Texas is officially, let's start there. Texas is officially coming to the SEC next season in 2024, not this season, 2023. And it seems like a big deal. And Texas fans are so amped up about coming to the SEC. And it's going to be fascinating to see what happens because if they're not ready, they can fall into that territory of pretty good, but not better than that. And it seems like the thing that is so obvious about the SEC that I don't think gets talked about enough is that teams just get trapped in this zone where they can win eight and they can win nine, but that big step of climbing up to the Georgia and the Alabama level is such a big one, and I get the sense that Texas feels like when they arrive, Texas fans feel like they're going to be closer to Georgia and Alabama than I think they really are. And look, to Texas's credit, they did beat Georgia in a bowl game. They did play Alabama off their feet a year ago. Your Texas fans feel like they feel like the nine-and-a-half line at Alabama in September that that's easy money based on what happened a year ago in Austin. And so we're in a really interesting period of time in Texas athletics and Texas football where they haven't proven anything, and yet no one seems to have any fear. And I feel like that is something that maybe should be recalibrated a little bit. Maybe just a little bit of fear because maybe it will help, like, you know, if you're afraid of something, sometimes it, it's the fear that keeps the bad thing from happening. That overconfidence thing can get you into trouble. And 
There's no question that Steve Sarkeesian is recruiting at a high level. There's no question that he's bringing in big-time quarterbacks. But there's still a whole lot of ain't done it yet. Um, here we are. I mean, it's, it's going to happen in 16 months. And, boy, it's going to be something to see Oklahoma and Texas in the SEC. Uh, I, I think it's going to be a lot of fun. I have no idea, though, how it breaks out. Quick note, Catch, just a technicality. Oklahoma and Texas are going to pay $50 million. That's exit fee. But there's also a grant of rights fee. I never saw that fee listed. Do you have any idea what they paid Fox for the one-year overlap of the grant of rights? They haven't specifically said what that number is. Right. Just that Fox is going to get something. And I wondered if that was going to be the hang-up because yeah. we knew that they were, the, the fee was going to exist. The question is, would they pay? Because if I'm Fox, I, I, I did it. One of the things that I wanted to figure out was, what are these games actually worth to these networks? And I saw a number that Fox gets over $100,000 per 30 seconds. You add it up over the course of a football game, it's like $10 million in some instances. It's less, it's a lot of money. And, you know, you start stacking up the games that we're going to lose. And I thought, God, we've just reached a point where the number is too high. But they apparently are going to flip-flop the Texas-Michigan game, which, oh, by the way, means that for the next three seasons in non-conference, Texas is going to go on the road at Alabama, at Michigan, at Ohio State. (laughs) Three consecutive years. Nice. Um, Won't that be fun? Um, (laughs) I'm of the opinion that, you know, Texas – pre-SEC likes to schedule these big-time out-of-conference games because there's just not enough good games in the Big 12. So it's like, what what are you giving your fans? You're just going to Ames and you're going to Manhattan, Kansas. And so they always try to give them these big games. And I'm like, now that you're in the SEC, if you just win nine or ten games moving forward, there's a real good chance you're going to be in the playoff, whether you played anybody in non-conference or not. And I think that eventually Texas – playing these big out-of-conference games will go away, but they are not going away right away, in part because Fox now will want that Michigan game, they will want that Ohio State game, and that's part of what has allowed this entire thing to go through as quickly as it has and not waiting until 2025. Jeff Ketchum, Orange Bloods, give me your best estimate on who Texas's three permanent SEC opponents will be. I mean, it makes all the sense in the world to me that it would be Arkansas, A&M, and Oklahoma. I mean, just, it just does. Those are the three teams they played in the Southwest Conference back in the day. You know Arkansas wants a piece of Texas. It helps Arkansas with recruit. That's, that's the one that's obvious, along with Oklahoma. I don't know that A&M wants to play Texas every year, but they can't play Texas every eight years either. So... You know, it may come down to, okay, they're going to play every year, but maybe that game's not on Thanksgiving because A&M's kind of kicking and screaming a little bit that they would rather that game remain LSU. Um, I don't know when you'd play the Texas and Texas A&M game. And, and by the way, thank God that game is – that's where we should have started. The fact that that game's now going to be played again, I cannot wait because – the stakes moving forward. It never felt like the stakes at the – A&M wasn't good enough at the end of their Big 12 run that that game ever mattered that much. It, it was A&M plays a spoiler role or it, the game's just not meaningful at all. 
moving forward, the loser of that game is going to get a coach fired. So, you know, when we get to 2024 and 2025 and those two teams are playing each other, I think, the, you know, Jimbo's got a big contract, but if he starts losing to Sark, he's done. And I feel the same way about Sark. Like, he's got a bunch of grace right now. He's not really under any pressure, despite the fact that he's 13 and 12. And let me tell you, man, I'll have to tell you, if you're in the SEC at a big-time program and you're 13 and 12 through two years, this seems a little warm, but it's not really for Sark. But by the time they get to the SEC, should Texas lose to A&M or vice versa, I think that that's where real pressure starts to be felt because the stakes in that game with regards to recruiting, with regards to just living next door to your neighbor and the uncomfortableness that it's been for 10 years. But I think that rivalry is about to get really interesting in a very hot and contentious way. And isn't that why we enjoy watching the games, that they matter, that the loser, it's like, it's like the old in wrestling back in the day, we love the loser leaves town match. It's like there was an actual something mattered. Oh my God! If they lose, they can't, they gotta go away. I think that in the future, that the more so than even Texas and Oklahoma, the lose. I think for Texas, the real stakes and the real pressure is going to be. Boy, you better be better than A and M. Otherwise, is this SEC move really working out? If your future is to be behind A and M in the pecking order. Uh, again, it's, it's really exciting from my perspective because these are all questions that I don't know the answers to. Whereas when we talk about Big 12 and we talk about, you know, I feel like I know how that plays out. I literally have no idea how Texas is going to do in the SEC. I have no idea whether or not Sark can swim with the Sharks in the SEC because it's going to require him to win nine, he, he's, he's never been a nine-game winner in college football. He's been a head coach for almost a decade. It hasn't ha- yet happened at Texas. So all of the firsts and the success that he's going to need to have is going to need to happen on a platform that's much more difficult to accept high level or to achieve high levels of success than he's ever coached at before, right? I mean, Pac-12 at Washington and USC and now at Texas – this what he's about to enter is more difficult, um, and, and Texas is going to need him to be at his absolute zenith as a head coach, or he's not going to survive. And Texas will be a couple of years into the SEC trying to then find a new coach. So there's a lot of pressure that re- I think really this season they have to win ten games. They, I think they have to at the very least play for the Big Twelve championship. Uh, it would do them a lot of good to win it, to set the stage for them going into the SEC. But there are no promises because you and I do these conversations a couple of times every year in the offseason. There's always a bunch of what-ifs, and it seems like, well, Texas could do it, but more times than not over the course of the last dozen years or so, all of the coulds that Texas could do end up not being completed. And it's, you know, you and I play this game of merry-go-round where we just spin around and around talking about all these things that Texas could do, and they never actually finish the journey. And they're going to have to or else. What's spring practice, which starts here in a couple of days, going to be like with the two quarterbacks going at it? Look, man, I was here when Chris Sims showed up. It's a different deal when the, when the five-star quarterback – is the son of kind of an NFL legend and or comes from a big family. I don't think Texas, the University of Texas, the program itself, 
is fully ready. I don't. None of the people that are around now were around 20 years ago when Chris Sims showed up, and everything he did was news. I think that's going to be the case with Arch Manning. Uh, and, and, you know, they've got a situation where the starting quarterback, Quinn Ewers himself, uh, a five-star number one overall player in the country when he was a high school prospect, he was in the 130s last year in his first year as a starter from a ratings perspective. Not very good. I mean, kind of bottom third of Big 12 quarterbacks for the season last year. They need him to make a gigantic leap. And in the background is going to be this Arch Manning thing where every time he does anything, it's going to be news. And, you know, anytime they have an open practice and Arch Manning completes a pass, it will, that will be the highlight that everybody focuses on. So the quarterback's going to be the big story. They need Quinn Ewers to be really good this season. So good that he is able to leave for the NFL because I think they really want to shape this, set this thing up so that Arch Manning kind of learns and goes through all of the, the firsts as a player on the college level this season. And then he's ready to take over in 2024. But what if Quinn, if Quinn Ewers is just pretty good and they win eight or nine games and it's not enough for him to have a platform to go to the NFL. What would that mean next year when, Arch Manning did not come to Texas to wait until year three to get on the field as evidenced by the fact that he's not playing basketball this year at his high school and he's not going to prom. He is at Texas now. He didn't give those things up just to wait two and a half years to get onto the field. So I think he, there are expectations that at the very least next year he will be the starter. They need Quinn Ewers to really pick it up. I mean, he – there, there were stretches against Alabama for a quarter. He was sensational. Against Oklahoma for four quarters, he was sensational. But take those games away, and you're left with a quarterback that was down more than he was up, and that has to change. And for him, he's got to change his commitment level. There were questions about playbook and effort in, in terms of getting ready for the season last year, fair or not. You know, there were people that noticed – Oh, he went on vacation and really didn't take his playbook or a football with him. And look, I've talked to people close to Quinn who've said, he's 18. He's never had a chance to like go on a trip and just kind of relax a little bit. Why are we putting that kind of stress on him? And I get it. And it is unfair. That kid should be able to go to Cabo for a week and just chill out. But if you are not good yet, remember when Tony Romo went to Cabo with Jason Witten? (laughs) Before a playoff game, they had a week off. They wanted to chill out a little bit, and people overreact to that stuff. And that's always kind of been what my thought process was with Quinn Ewers. Is it fair that Tony Romo and Jason Witten could go to Cabo with Jessica Simpson back in 2008 in January? No, they should be able to. But this football stuff matters. And when you don't have a high level of success, when you aren't performing at a high level, people remember the little details. So this season – it's the reclamation year for Quinn Ewers. You're hearing about all of this commitment that he's making in practice, and he's really he's doing things that he wasn't doing a year ago. I mostly roll my eyes because of I mean, what else would people say? But that that this is being reported and talked about and discussed leads into the very early portion of next year where he has to make the jump. That game at Alabama will be the one that might ultimately define what happens in his career. If he succeeds and they play play really well, 
then maybe this thing takes off exactly the way they want it. If he doesn't, and let's say he looks like a mess in that game at Alabama, I don't know if you've heard this, Bill, they're pretty good at home, um, then maybe there are question marks about, is he the right guy? Should he be playing? Because, oh, by the way, Arch Manning is going to be the quarterback in 2024. It sets up just a bunch of hypotheticals uh, and a bunch of things that we'll all be watching game by game early in 2024 at the quarterback position because ultimately the, the success at the quarterback position is either going to make or break Sarkeesian's career in Austin. Catch. Ten seconds. <laughs> Chris Beard to Ole Miss. That hadn't happened, but what would you advise there? <laughs> I, would, I mean, look, he's a great coach. What happened with his fiance is what happened with his fiance. Texas felt like something absolutely did happen. So it didn't matter that the charges were dropped. They felt like something happened. But this isn't the kind of thing that's going to keep him from having a successful career. It just wasn't going to happen in Austin. If I'm old Miss, I make the hire because he's the best coach available. There are very few Chris Beers out there. Appreciate it, Catcher. Got him, my man. Take care. Jeff Catcher. Orange blood, so many things that we weren't able to get to. Because Catch is a talker, man, and I like it. I listen. That's why I have him on. Anyways, Ole Miss Evie tomorrow, too, and uh, the Angelic Tones. We'll talk about that as well. Chris Bearded. What the latest is there. I'm the Nashville Hotel. Good stuff with Catch. What happens to your decision-making when you drink? Well, after one drink, you feel confident. A few more, and calling your ex at 1 a.m. seems like a great idea. And you're pretty sure the secret to a great taco is four-day-old macaroni. The bottom line, drunk you doesn't make great decisions. So you're risking a DUI or worse if you count on him to get you home. Plan before you party. Get home safe. Paid for by the Tennessee Highway Safety Office. Hey guys, it's Zach. Gear up for golf at Play It Again Sports in Brentwood and Hendersonville during their March golf sale. Swing in and stock up on their huge selection of new and gently used golf gear and equipment. During their month-long March golf sale, you save 10% on all gently used golf clubs. They have the trained staff to help you find the perfect set of golf clubs, a golf bag, golf balls, or a travel golf carry bag for the upcoming season. And they will also buy the golf gear you're no longer using. That's right, every day, all day, you can get cash on the spot for your underused golf gear. They also buy baseball, lacrosse, football, soccer, disc golf, plate weight, hockey gear, and the treadmill that is transformed into a clothes hanger. If you have gear you no longer use or doesn't fit, trade it in for either cash or for store credit towards your next purchase. And you can trust me, not only am I a spokesperson, but I'm a customer. You can always find me in the golf section over at the Hendersonville store. Check out Play It Against Sports in Brentwood and Hendersonville. Tell them your friend Zach over here at Nashville Sports Radio sent you. That's Play It Against Sports in Brentwood and Hendersonville.
Brad Fowler, Century 21 Right Realty, is reminding motorists to slow down on our roadways, keep an eye out for kids at play, and never text and drive. Brad Fowler, Century 21 Right Realty, is our area's premier and most trusted real estate professional, backed by years of experience. So if you're buying, selling, moving, or improving, give the pros a call today at 615-519-3339. Brad Fowler, Century 21 Right Realty, a professional who cares. What's your next dream? Paying off your credit card? Remodeling your kitchen? Exploring the rainforest of Costa Rica? Whatever your dreams, they take some planning. And State Farm agent Austin Hardy is right here in the Middle Tennessee community to lend a hand. As your local good neighbor, he can help you look at the things you want to save for and come up with a plan to make those saving goals happen. Because your money should work just as hard as you to achieve your dreams. So whether it's being free of debt or free to roam the world, call State Farm agent Austin Hardy here in the Middle Tennessee community. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. This is the Greg Pogue and John Burton Show. It's, so it's Miss Amy now for everybody, uh, right? Apparently it's, it's Miss Amy. Amy. It's Miss Amy, Miss Amy. I call her AAS. I call her owner. Uh, and then, uh, <laughs> the boss. You know what she is? She's a wolf in sheep's clothing. I, uh, she, Damn, uh, bro. She oh, knows, she's she oh, knows, she's a gangster. Yeah, oh, she knows what she she's a gangster. She knows what she's doing. Yep. Greg Pogue and News Channel 5's John Burton. WNSR. Nashville Sports Radio. The arena of ideas is now open for your telephonic interactions. 615-844-5600. The Bill King Show. Kirkland had a question that I didn't get to. Bill asked Catch what made Arch choose Texas over Georgia. I would say it's the Sark relationship. Manning's are very close with Sark. I think that was the the deal maker there. Obviously, Arch Manning could go wherever. But I think that relationship was the item that superseded every other consideration. And let's face it, Georgia's quarterback room is loaded with talented players. Somebody's going to emerge out of there and be a very gifted quarterback. That's not a problem. Good question, though, but I think it's it's pretty simple. I don't think there was one dynamic or dramatic moment or anything like that. I think it was simply Sark. The comfort level was Sark there. And I don't know if, you know, at the time, you don't know when Oklahoma and Texas are going to be in the SEC. At that that time, you didn't know. You knew at some point you'd probably be quarterbacking Texas and SEC games. You just didn't know what year it would be. At the earliest at the time, it looked like it'd be 25. Got moved up a year. Glad he said it. I'd been looking the – Money that they paid Fox, in addition to the exit fee money to the league, is unclear. We do not know. I haven't seen anybody with a number there, maybe because nobody's released a number. Maybe it's it's a big secret, but that is a number. There are two fees that stand out if you're going to bail in this situation. That would be 
the exit fee. In the case of the ACC, that's 120 milli, and then you have the grant of rights money, which is more than that, several hundred million. Now, remember the old item forever during all these conversations about expansion and where teams are going to go, what's it going to look like, all that speculation, the catch in all of this was, hey, Guess what? You know what the exit fee is in the SEC? Zero. If you want to pack it up and get the heck out of Dodge, have at it. Because they know nobody would want to do it. There is an exit fee now. As of January of 21, Christy Dosh, down in Jacksonville, who does a media-type column and discovered this. I don't know anybody that found it before her. It was January of 21, so about two years ago, she was searching through and found where the SEC had quietly, nobody knew this, added an exit fee. I don't remember what it is. I don't, I don't think it was $120 million, but it was $40, 50000000 I, I don't know. doesn't really matter. Nobody's trying to get out of the SEC. Nobody in the Big Ten is trying to get out. Yeah, there, there now is, and for the last couple of years, there has been an SEC exit fee. That got done very quietly in a clandestine way. I hadn't seen anybody until she reported that. I was just under the assumption that it was the same old, there is no exit fee. Don't have to worry about it. What do you think, Alabama's going to hold a press conference and say we're leaving? (laughs) I mean, Vanderbilt's getting, here in the future, $70 million for conference affiliation. They're going to say, hey, we're getting out. That $70 million is really not that big of a deal. You know, I get all those questions through the years. Bill, why don't they just boot Vandy out? Why did it's never gonna happen, man? Why didn't Vanderbilt just get out, Bill? I mean, if you can't win, that's that's not the way this works, y'all. That is not gonna happen. Like I've told you, the SEC office does not need Vanderbilt to uphold the league. Yeah. Hey, let's have a meeting tomorrow in my office and discuss. How come Vandy's not winning natties? Well, they won one in baseball. Won a couple of baseball. But in the sports that, that have the branding, like like football, I, I, if we could just get Vandy to win some natties there, we really got us leagued in, right? They don't need Vandy to do anything but sit there, keep telling everybody how smart they are. That's all they need out of Vandy. Nothing else is is important. Josh in London, Ohio, talking about Kyle McCord and his so-called golfing girlfriend, Paige Sporonic. And, Josh, I can't read what you tweeted here. I'll read parts of it, and then people will just have to put it together. Bill, how many do you think Kyle McCord And then his last sentence, did he get free lessons? 
That's all I can read. The other stuff I cannot get on the airwaves. Kind of like when he pulls the uh, Gary Moeller conversation back into play. Oh. <laughs> uh. It's all funny, though, Josh. All, all four uh, good times on the show. Just looking up. Market has not been happy. Tesla tanked this morning. Yeah, if you shorted Tesla yesterday, you're happy this morning. I'd go ahead and grab your money if you did. Remember, I always advise against it. You'd actually been well off shorting it into the close yesterday. Otherwise, don't do it. Omni Nashville Hotel. We'll be there a week from tomorrow. Looking forward to it. Howdy, folks. I'm back to remind you about the best steakhouse in Music City, Bob's Steak and Chop House. The only place in Middle Tennessee to get A5 Wagyu steaks cooked to perfection. And when that special day rolls around to treat that special someone, make your reservation now at Bob's Steak and Chop House. From petite fillets to massive tomahawk ribeyes. When somebody asks, where's the beef? You tell them, Bob's Steak and Chop House. Make your Valentine's Day reservations now. And treat the best in your life with the best in Nashville. Bob's Steak and Chop House. At the Omni Nashville Hotel. Located at 5410 Murfreesboro Road in the heart of Laverne, City Slickers is one-stop shopping for all your liquor, beer, and wine needs and has been a multiple winner annually in the best of Rutherford County voting for best liquor store and top wine shop. Featuring the lowest prices, the best customer service with unsurpassed knowledge, City Slickers offers the largest craft beer selection in Rutherford and southeastern Davidson counties and has beer on tap at its Growler Filling Station. City Slickers also sells mixers, sodas, snacks, tobacco products, and the Tennessee Lottery, and can place special orders and assist with all your events and even wedding planning. Make sure you follow City Slickers on all their social media or just give them a call at 615-280-7469. That's 615-280-7469. Located in the heart of Laverne, City Slickers. Woods Equipment Company would like to recognize and salute our veterans and local men and women in uniform. Let's remember them with our thoughts, prayers, and especially letters and packages from home. Our support will keep America strong. A strong, safe community starts with the concerns and involvement of its people. This important message was brought to you by Woods Equipment Company, located at 600 Davidson Street in Nashville. Give Woods Equipment Company a call at 615-256-5639. As a professional realtor in Nashville for more than 40 years, Richard Courtney is one of the city's top-ranked real estate brokers. He's also the author of two books and the real estate columnist for the Nashville Ledger. What does all of this mean to you as a home buyer or seller? Expert knowledge, guidance, and trust. Give Richard Courtney a call today at 615-300-8189. That's 615-300-8189. Or online at richardcourtney.com. 
It's the McFarlane Show with Darren McFarlane and Fox 17's Justin McFarlane. You're staunch Titans fan, season ticket holder, Tim yep. Kelly is OC. Your reaction? Oh, I hate that so much. <laughs> oh, I hate that so Well, all right. Some more uh, tight end bubble screens, right? This sucks, man. Yeah, this is live reaction, dude. I had no idea. Yeah, trash, man. I hate it. The McFarlane Show with Darren and Justin on Nashville Sports Radio WNSR. Nobody knows more about college football history than Bill King. It a little earlier. The Ole Miss-Louisiana Tech game was stopped because of lightning. Ended. And I don't know all the rules, but here's the way I understand it. The Louisiana Tech coach in the postgame was mad. He said, we offered to come back. We could have started earlier. They could have tarped the field. All of this. Here's what happened. Inning starts. Was it the sixth inning, y'all? I, correct me. And Ole Miss is ahead. Louisiana Tech scores a couple of runs. They're now ahead. They were down one. They're ahead. Inning still not complete. Play is stopped because of lightning. Then the game was stopped. The rules state that the score goes back to the last full inning of play, meaning the runs that Louisiana Tech scored don't count according to the rules because the inning was not complete. Now, that's a it's not a new rule. It's a rule that's in place. And so they lose the game. And the Louisiana coach was pretty ticked about it. And at the end of the game or after the game during the press conference, if you've seen the clip, he's not screaming like Bruce, no. Now, Ole Miss, if you saw this, she'll be with us tomorrow in her slot at 7 o'clock, the angelic tones. She says, I recall when the weather at the Coral Gables Regional last year could have actually prevented Ole Miss from advancing. It happens, and rules are rules. Also, that Louisiana Tech coach was an assistant at Mississippi State for four years and Southern Miss for eight, so there's no love lost there. We'll have her on tomorrow. Not about that solely, but, but we'll get into that a little bit. And uh, other items to talk about their basketball search. Kermit Davis, as you know, not new news, about a week ago was announced. He is out. And there's talk about Chris Beard there. We'll see what she thinks is going on. And, of course, any football items we'll get into. Jeff, too. Bill, speaking of Vanderbilt, football stadium upgrades being floated by the athletic department actually looked pretty appealing. Also, I'd love to hear what Jeff in the borough thinks about what happened last night in that Vanderbilt basketball game. Yeah, I uh, like I said, and Kentucky been playing well. But in the pregame, Kentucky was favored by 10, I think 11 and a half, 10 and a half. Once they got into the game, it got around eight, eight and a half. 
I decided at about, and I don't remember, about the 10, 12, 15-minute mark in the first half. I don't remember. I took plus 10 and a half. Vandy plus 10 and a half. And got to remember, Vanderbilt's seven-footer, who's very good, went out with a, uh, was it a calf or an ankle problem? And, uh, and then they had another player, good player, in foul trouble. And they still outplayed Kentucky. They won the game outright. Not only was the plus 10.5 good, but they won the game outright. John Daly's Pizza today on me. Yeah, I'll meet, if you want to meet me today at uh, Walgreens, I'll buy John Daly's Pizza. Yeah, I'll share it with everybody. I'm sure everybody will be just loving to get there for that. No Kev says, Bill, if what the Notre Dame AD said comes true, then wouldn't that mean any school that brings very little to the table financially from football could be on the outside looking in? Boy, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. What what schools would choose to have sports-only entities on their campus? I know what everybody thinks, and they may be right, the South. <laughs> Now, Vanderbilt would not do that. No, 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 no. But wouldn't this be the region where all that got started? Football only. Basketball only. Whatever. Baseball. Baseball only. I'm not here to go to your Western Civ class. I'm over here in the batting cage, 10 in the morning. You're walking to class. I'm not. I'm here for the sports. Ole Miss Evie also says, not to mention that the start time was actually bumped up an hour from four to three, plus tarping the field does zero for the lightning that was rampant. That tarp isn't like an anti-lightning tarp. Keeps it away. Keeps it like 10, 10 miles away from them. That was interesting. Georgia dog, Bill, the Florida-Kentucky girls game broke out in a brawl. I didn't see that. Yeah, I didn't see that. Mac West Wilco says, Bill, it's safe to say you have your Texas connection. Well, Catch has been on this show since probably 05. He's, we're going on about, we're not there to 20 years, but we've got about 20 years of shows where I have catch on probably, if you average it out, probably about once a month. Oh, no, no, no. We, we've got, with Texas coming into the league, we've, we've got dudes. Yeah, we've got dudes. Got dudes out in Oklahoma, too. Yeah, we do. No, we're, we're set up nicely there. Catch is, catch is fantastic. And... Uh, Always good. Always very giving to the show. Appreciate that. Tomorrow we're not at the honor. Usually it's the first Friday of the month, but because of the SEC basketball tournament next week, that's when we'll be at the honor. Next Friday, week from tomorrow. Hope to see you there when we get there. See you tomorrow. Ole Miss Evie, Kevin Hagan, Brad, Friday edition. It's already Friday. Lodge Pop.